Hey everybody, and welcome to take two of the our fortieth round of overtime. Uh, we've been doing this for 40 weeks and we still got problems, but that's okay. We're glad that you're joining us. If you were trying to join us live and you were part of our last feed, sorry, this is the one to be at, kids. So thanks for joining us. Um, this is our overtime production where we get to dive in a little bit deeper to our weekend message. So we always encourage you to start there if you haven't listened to this past weekend's message. Do that and then kind of join us for part two of the conversation. Um, before we get into kind of what we discussed over the weekend, there are two things that we want to kind of draw your attention to. Uh, the first is that on our website, clcfamily.church, you will find a survey there. As we are kind of, uh, I don't want to say post-COVID, but we're living <laughs> in a post-COVID world in yeah. a sense. We're trying to figure everything out. COVID's still kind of lingering around and some changes that are happening. Even this past week, we let you know that we were kind of planning on an indoor service, but because of some of the governor's announcements, we have kind of postponed that for now. So what you could really do to help us out is go to our website, clcfamily.church, and take our survey there. There's some questions there that will help us kind of understand where a church family is at and then help us as we kind of plan for the future. So if you could do that, that will be live through this Friday. Uh, that Friday is the 24th um, at 10 o'clock. So at 10 p.m. we'll take that survey down. So if you could do that before that time, that would be fantastic. Before July 24th at 10 o'clock, we would greatly appreciate that. The other thing that we do want to let you know is that this Friday we all also, the also 24th, yeah. are also the 24th. Yes, we are going to be doing a movie night. We're going to be watching um, Home uh, Onward. You're going to say Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. <laughs> uh, that's a great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen Homeward Bound. Classic, okay? Well, but no, we're going to yeah, be watching Onward. Great. Onward, yeah, Jimmy Fox really did his did a bang-up job as Chance, but that's another story. Um, we'll, we'll be watching that movie. It starts at 9 o'clock just because that's what time it gets dark and that's what time our projectors work. But we do have a solution for that, hopefully in August, that we can start to maybe even do that a little bit earlier. So We will be starting this earlier. This yeah. Friday, July 24th, we have a drive-in movie. We would love for you to be a part of that, trying to do things that are socially distant, but also something that you can do fun for the family. We do realize it's a little bit late at 9 o'clock, but if you want to come on out to that, we would love to have you be a part of that. So. That's kind of all the announcements that we've got. So I'll kind of kick it over to you. Do you want to kind of? Yeah, before I do, let, okay. me, let me make some, kind of address the thing. I didn't plan on doing this, but hey, why not? Um, so there, there is some real, <laughs> this is it's a crazy world, right? Like trying to figure out. Everything's changing. Uh, indoor versus outdoor, mask versus no mask. And look, yeah. uh, so we've, we've kind of said, hey, let's, let's give each other grace in this. Some of you are in the red, not ready to even come out of your house. That's fine. You're allowed to be there. Some of you are in the green going, I want to go everywhere. That's fine. You're an adult. You're allowed to be, right? And many of us are in the yellow. I put myself in the yellow category going, I'm cautious and yet ready yeah. to engage with neighbors, community, church, all those kind of things. And um, one of the things I just want to point out for our church and for our world, right? This isn't really something to fight about. I mean, it just really isn't something to fight about. We don't yeah. win by fighting on this. On, on, on any category, you screaming, holding up your bullhorn, whatever, never is going to convince anyone of anything. Being yeah. gracious, listening, that might. But one of the things that kind of is a concern that we see and experience within the church world is, don't we believe in Jesus? Jesus protects us. Yes, he does completely. Yeah. Um, and yet people still get sick. And so... Yeah. We're not anti-science or anti-Jesus, and that's what we've been looking at even in this brand new passage. We're literally looking at a doctor who's a Christian and a the, the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament in terms of the yeah. content. And Paul talks about him as a doctor and giving advice as a doctor through the scripture. So, like, 
there is some evidence of the need for this. And in many of the ways, I, I would argue that Jesus is doing restorative work in our world and community is by people made in his image, the Imago Dei, right, that, yeah. in the Latin, by people made in his image and likeness, learning the things that Jesus has revealed to him so that they can practice medicine. Literally, this past week, I saw my dad uh, get healed in a way that he would have died three months ago if doctors weren't present with him and Jesus, right? And so right. so this, this idea that we just should turn our backs on medicine, I think it's just really dangerous to, to be there. Now, at the same time, I, I do understand that many of you are skeptical about masks, whether or not they're helpful or not helpful. And let me just, regardless of where you land here, right, there, there's some really neat passages in Scripture in 1 Corinthians and in Acts where Paul addresses yeah. some concerns with brothers and sisters in the church, right, and with the uh, neighboring community. One of the things that you see in 1 Corinthians is, Literally, these Christians are, are, are stumbling upon all this, like, really good beef and meat, right? So there's all this meat that's just been slaughtered, cut up, all that kind of stuff, ready to go. Like, they've already been butchered. It's, you know, past, you know, going to the butcher, and it's all ready there and packaged. And what was happening is these pagans were slaughtering animals, killing them, right? Killing them and saying, and worshiping false gods. And these Christians are going, well, that's silly. Those are false God-worshipping. That's right. some good meat. And we're good stewards of all things. So why don't we eat that meat? Now, they started eating the meat. And as they were eating the meat, the, the, the pagans, the Gentiles, the folks who weren't Christians, were really offended by it. Like, right. how dare you do that, right? And what Paul kind of says is, hey, don't make them stumble. Yeah. Like, just don't make them stumble. Like, this is it's not worth that. And so as, as we think about our church and whether or not we should engage and respect government orders and gathering sizes and mass. There's two things. One, there is some scientific evidence that some of this stuff's helpful, right? Yeah. But again, I'm not, I'm not even trying to lead us into that conversation. Let's just take one step back and just talk about, hey, we there are people in our world who are deeply troubled by what's going on and deeply afraid. Yeah. And so to honor and care and create an environment on a Sunday morning that they can come gather and hear the gospel or create online options so that people can hear this good news, right? Uh, that is really helpful for us, and we don't want to do anything to cause our brothers to stumble, right? Our sisters to stumble or be distracted by the gospel by our offensive nature. Right. And so some of this, there's lots of it, lots of other things to talk about, but the one that I just want to keep us at is, hey, we're just trying to be good neighbors, yeah. right? We're trying to do right by our community, love our community, and be available to our community because what we talked about again this morning in staff meeting is people always return to the last place they felt loved, particularly in the middle of chaos and crisis. So yeah. let's just be people who are loving and gracious, even if it means we have to surrender some of our preferences and some of our, you know, ideals in that while trusting Jesus and trying to be good neighbors and build bridges to our community. So as we think about all these things, whether or not we should um, be inside, outside, that the lens by which we're viewing is, okay, what does Jesus in the scripture call us to do as it relates to making this gospel go forward, right? To prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him, remove every mountain top, fill in every valley, make every crooked path straight. Why? So all mankind can see God's salvation. And that's what it says yeah. on Luke 3. That's also what it says in Isaiah 40 or 41, uh, I think it's 40. Um, and in that, we're going, that's our, that's our, that's our mission. Now, our strategy is changing every single day, but our mission is to make it simple for people to connect to Jesus. And so as we're just sorting yeah. through this, let's be gracious to one another and just want you to understand the why behind the what. And so that's what's going on with us as we're going, how do we honor what's going on in our world and honor our neighbors and yet stay true to the gospel? Okay, this is, this is uh, where we're at right now, but this is just a pivot. Yeah. Don't know where we're going, just, just for now. So I want, wanted you to know that this isn't just some, you know, 
erratic, knee-jerk, ready-shoot-aim yeah. thing. Right. There's lots of discussion. Right. And what's driving our methodology is our theology. And yeah. so really glad you're here with us today because that's what we're talking about is theology, which should change the way that we yeah. practice things in our life. Expository teaching should lead to expository li uh, living, which is why we ended up in the Gospel of Luke. So it's going, okay, if... If we really got to figure out what truth is, that's the big battle right now, is what's true, what's not true, those metrics are not true, the way they test are not true, what this person says is not true, that's fake news, all this stuff, all yeah. of it. And, and there's, you know, realities and all that. And so so a lot of us, regardless of where you're at in your spiritual journey or political ideology, we're all trying to go, what is truth? Yeah. What can we be certain of? And so the big idea that of, of this whole kind of, months to years sermon series is well let's lean into truth well the gospel of john quotes jesus as saying he is the way the truth and the life meaning right. jesus is truth truth is a person not an ideology not a feeling it not even what you determine in a book or data truth is actually at its base level a person so right. if we need truth in our life right now which we do we need certainty right now in our life which we do then it makes sense that we start with what the scriptures say which is jesus yeah. is that so if we got to figure out that jesus is truth how do we know everything about jesus well, it makes sense that we would, like if you want to know about Steve Jobs, want to know about, uh, you know, Albert Einstein, you know, probably grab Walter Isaacson's writings on those, those biographies, really neat things. And you would go and read them and read from the person who investigated his life, right? Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do for quite some time is we're going to read from a guy who did probably the most thorough job. Uh, the others walk with Jesus, others heard Jesus. This guy did a thorough job of investigating turning over the stones of Jesus' life. And 2,000 years later, this document, this Gospel of Luke, is still documented to us. And so uh, we're just going to be charting through it. And the main reason, and I'll read verse 4 and explain to you kind of what I hope happened this week, is you got excited about mm. discovering this about Jesus. And Jesus, uh, Luke, writes these things, and he tells us for a very major reason I write it. This is verse 4. This is the thesis. This is the whole reason for the longest gospel, the 1,151 verses, the 568 quotations of Jesus. Right? Those many verses on Jesus speaking. It's this thesis, this reason. is what it says, that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. Yeah. So, uh, uncertain world. All of us would agree on that. As I surveyed uh, people, talked to people, even took my sabbatical to kind of consider what became evident is all of us feel really uncertain is there anything that we can yeah. know is certain and true well there is his name's jesus and we're going to do the hard work of studying someone who did all sorts of hard work and lots of years to put together this beautiful gospel yeah. so we're going to go verse by verse word by word trying to figure out how we can know jesus better and so that's what the the, the plan is with this yeah. series so yeah hope you guys are excited for that like you had said not quite sure how long this is going to be i think you said the first I, to be honest six with weeks you, I'll, I'll share it with you you're, you're the special ones Probably three years. You think so? I really I, think I so. wanted to ask on the podcast, like, yeah. okay, give me a realistic So I've said months, if not years. Yeah, I mean, if I'm looking at it right now, looking at other people who have uh, tackled this task, read through, like, research, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's six weeks in the first chapter. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're going to cover more verses this week than last week, but not, like 10 or 20, right? Right, and right. So, um, you're talking 11,151 verses. So if you yeah. go four verses at a time, we're talking about, <laughs> I mean, what you're talking about there is 250, significant amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Two, 260 weeks. You know, that's four years. And so I think I'll be a little quicker than that, but okay. uh, probably two to three years okay. on this because we're just going to go verse by verse. And that's yeah. why I even explain the reason for using a different um, 
uh, translation, and I usually teach them NIV. Yeah, right. we, we have NIV Bibles here, so I've always just taught from that. Is that NIV is more thought for thought. To like, mm-hmm. let's take each verse and let's try to get the main thought of the verse. Where ESV is more word for word. Right. Uh, Luke was a brilliant, uh, you know, uh, gr- uh, grammatically correct or brilliant. I don't know the word I'm looking for here. Author, uh, writer, writer, as it relates to Greek and grammar. Yeah. That's what his his uh, the words that scholars use are his Greek and grammar were impeccable. Okay. So it makes sense that each word matters and each comma matters. And so yeah. we're just using a different version than usual, so we can make sure to keep up with where the commas are and all that kind of stuff. Didn't really apply to this week, but it will apply to some in the yeah. future. All right, so buckle in, kids. We're on a three-year journey. It's going to be it's awesome. supposed to be a three-year tour. <laughs> so, That's a Gilligan Island. I, I know. I, I actually remember that back, yeah. back in the day. I think from the rerun, so because yeah. he's older than I am. Anyway, so I do think that as you were talking about COVID, like it, it's a really good transition because we live in such an uncertain time right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Like even again, just the conversation of from last week. Um, and, and as a church, you may not see all that goes into the decisions, but we had numerous staff meetings and questions and conversations and documents written, doc- frequently asked questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. There was so much that went into it, but it's, we, I feel like we just are in such an uncertain time. So I love the title that we may have certainty. Yeah. Like, I just think that that's good because the one truth that doesn't change is the person and the purposes of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Like yeah. that, is, that is beautiful. So even if our entire world is shifting and changing and is uncertain, we can be certain in this. So I, I think that that's a really good segue. And then I think that other part of it, too, is just for us as believers in this, that, you know, eating meat sacrificed to idols. That was a big, big deal. And, I mean, you could preach a whole message just on that. But I think that we need to be sensitive. We don't operate in fear. But we also understand that our brothers and sisters who may be operating in fear, how can we maybe help them so that they can see Christ in us? So I think that that's good. So I'm excited to kind of jump in. We do have just kind of four verses that you covered this week, but there's a lot of background information. There's a lot of history. Um, and I want to kind of ask some some questions okay. that I have in that. Yeah, we didn't have any questions for from overtime this past week, so we always encourage you, if you have questions, please feel free to write them into us at overtime at clcfamily.church. We would love for you to help shape the narrative of these conversations. If not, I just kind of get up here. I ask a few questions. We talk for a while, yeah, and I that's just, what it is. I give one-word answers. Just, yeah, yeah one-word answers. It's, he is the king of the short answer. That's the that's the phrase we use here all the time. No, um, but no, I even have some questions as, as far as uh, okay different translation how much does, should that impact my walk and my journey like as I start to do that so um, new series um, you did mention that it's not quite in line with the kids program like that's a yeah. shift did you want to talk about that at all yeah that's a you know that's a bummer to me because yeah. look I, I don't expect you all to I mean at some point I do but not for three years but like to be Especially those of us who are just coming to the faith, theologians and all that stuff. And the yeah. last thing I want you to do is feel inadequate and uncomfortable right. when um, your kids ask you questions about the message right. and about what they've learned. And you go, you shrug your shoulders, go, I don't know, right? And so right, right. the idea is let's cover the same thing at a deeper level so that we're all on the same page. And <clears throat> now, if you've been doing this for a couple of years with us, you should be pretty well equipped. Yeah. But it just seemed like the most sorry guys uh, seemed like the most appropriate thing to do in that was to go. I really need us to know Jesus so that you can lead your children to Jesus's feet, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep pointing them to Jesus in in each of their weeks. And so the thing I like about the Gospel Project is every single week Jesus is the hero of the story. So the Jesus you're learning about is the Jesus they're still going to be pointing to. Right now they're in the Old Testament looking at some minor prophets, but guess what all the minor prophets are talking about? Yeah. Jesus, right? So this is what's so neat. You're going to see it this upcoming week that we're going to look at a little bit of Malachi. That 
Malachi, you know, is prophesying 400 years in the in the past, and prophets are prophesying of this messenger who's going to come and say, "Prepare the way of the Lord." Yeah. Right. right. And that is John. Yeah. And so you're going to see that the story starts long before Jesus' birth, and I love that Luke decides to clue us in on that. So as we're looking at minor prophets, uh, the, the kids are, they're all going. But guess what? Yeah. One day, everything unsad will become untrue. Right, like that's everything I said will be become untrue because goodness and grace and mercy will be ushered in through Jesus. And so you're going to still be well equipped and talk about the personal work of Jesus and the other thing. And this is what I love about our children's ministry and just really, really confident in that is they're going to equip you well. Uh, and so you'll notice that there's questions you can ask and uh, there'll be a good and nice, nice little parent worksheet that you'll get to, to, to do that and just would still challenge you to engage with them on that. But we don't think that you'll be um, ill-equipped to have that conversation. But the last thing I'll say here, it's just okay to say I don't know. Yeah. Right, like this idea that you, we need to teach our kids that we know it all is actually really dangerous yeah. because we don't. And you can go, I don't know it all, but let's go to the place that does know it all, right? And so let's show our humility and our you know, humanity in this. And it's okay if you go, I don't know the answer to that. Let's see if we can find it together. Yeah. That might be more useful for your child than you just giving them a bunch of answers. Yeah. So as I just kind of sort through that, I thought, oh, I think it'll be okay to kind of uh, send you out a little bit, out of the nest a little bit to do some of this work on your own. You can do it. We'd be happy to help. But the way that we want to help primarily right now is to help you really understand who Jesus is and why God yeah. sent him. So. Yeah, I think that's really yeah. good. Like, I, I love the idea of doing that with your son or mm-hmm. your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, it just because not only do you then both learn together, yeah. you also help them. How do they how do they wrestle through the questions that they have? Yeah. Like, if they have a question, this is how you do it. So I love the idea of specifically within the Bible, like yeah. because questions are are should be part of our reading. Like, you should ask questions. Well, why did Luke put that in there? Like, why does yeah. this story make a difference? Why does that matter? And I love the the, the idea of questioning as yeah. you're reading through scripture because I think those questions when you experience or or God reveals truth to you it's life-changing so I think that that's pretty exciting so as we jump into this I feel like I've got some questions about Luke specifically like who he was you had talked about this biography that was written about him Um, and I was kind of curious if you could go a little bit more in depth like uh, if you were here for the drive-in service um, you kind of quickly went through it. If you watched yeah. the online service, you s- explained a little bit more about that. But this biography written about Luke, yeah. because it's not directly from Scripture. Can it's you, not. So, yeah, so it's not directly from Scripture. And biography is, it'd be more like the staff page biographies, okay. right? Like, so there's, so the way that it was written, it was called the Anti-Martianite uh, Fragment that we uncovered. Okay. But it goes back to the early 2nd century, and it's written by multiple people. The Martianite stuff, you have to Google. I don't know enough about it. But it was like this this false belief in who Jesus was, but there really wasn't that kind of movement. So but people believed that there's that kind of movement. So there's kind of this uprising of let's make sure people stay focused on Jesus in this. And so in kind of the commentaries that would come with the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say the Gospel of Luke written in that, you know, like if you were to have a life application study Bible, right. you open up and that very first page is just context, yeah, right? right? So this would have been that which accompanied the okay. scriptures, okay. and it would have just given you a little bit of biogra- biographical information about the person who was writing it. Okay. And the, the oldest one that we can find is actually about Luke, right? Okay. And which makes sense because Matthew, Mark, and John, and Matthew and John, you know, they're, they're disciples. 
I'm sorry, Matt, yeah, John, and then John Mark is one of the first century apostles walking yeah. Beth, and that we believe walked with Barnabas and Paul and that schism, that kind of thing. So Luke wasn't actually someone who walked with Jesus, we, that, right. that we believe. And so I guess there had been some, okay, let's give you some understanding of who this guy was and some confidence in his words. Now, yeah. 2,000 years later, the fact that they've been maintained through multiple translations through, you know, multiple dark ages, 1,000 years where nobody even could have access to anything. Right. The fact that this is still here, and this for things like the Dead Sea Scrolls found 70 years ago, all these kind of things, that this is, is evidentiary that this um, – is a true document written 2,000 yeah. years ago, right? Lots and lots of, uh, you know, first century, second century, third century copies of this. So what the anti-Martianite fragment would have been would have been this discovery that would have kind of gone with the scriptures and go, here's who this is, right? Okay. And okay. so it's not real long. I, I pulled out the part that I think makes the most sense yeah. for us, which just is a really quick kind of glimpse into who Luke is. And what I kind of shared on, I think, both. Uh, if you don't know, I actually filmed the preaching sermon 12 days ago before I went on vacation. Yeah. And and then, so then we did the online one, or then uh, the online we did then, and then we did the one live. And so I can't really recall. They're so far apart in those two things. I can't recall at all. But um, what, I, what I really wanted you to understand about Luke is we don't have much about him because he didn't write about himself, yeah. right? right? So he writes about Jesus. He writes about Jesus' church. That's the Gospel of Luke and the Book of Acts. He writes a lot about that, but he doesn't write a lot about himself. Right. So he doesn't lead with those things. So we know nothing about his life except for what Paul says is when everybody else abandoned him, he was still there. Paul refers to him as a doctor in Colossians. Uh, Luke uses words like we in the yeah. Gospel of Acts, yeah. right? And we know it's Luke because he addresses Theophilus in the beginning. So we know that he gets he gets invited into and participates into the work of the church. Yeah. Uh, the first century authors would tell you that he died, you know, in martyrdom very similar to Paul would have. It says he led into martyrdom. So we don't know a lot other than this kind of document. Then you got people like uh, Pergamum, uh, Tertullian. These are first and second century. Uh, Polycarp, that's another one. Polycarp was a disciple of John, right? Okay. So, like, we have ancient history of these guys, and they all wrote about Luke okay. and talked briefly about Luke, but more specifically about this being his gospel. So yeah. that's how we know. Because Luke doesn't address himself as, hey, I'm Luke no, right. in this. And right. so that's how we <laughs> know those things. And then there you got this ancient document that just says, indeed, Luke was an Antiochian Syrian. That What that means is Antioch, Syria. That means he is... Not Jewish. Right. He is a he's a Gentile of Gentiles. He's right. uncircumcised, right. right? And he would not have understand uh, Hebraic law. He right. had no reason to. He would understand any of that stuff. So the other guys, Matthew, Mark, and John, while they write to different audiences, like I think Matthew is. Uh, let me tell you real quick. Matthew is. I always get Matthew. And you Mark. said Matthew was to the Jews. Yeah, Matthew Jews, Mark, Mark Romans, Romans and John to the Greek. Yeah. But they all would at least had a foundational understanding of Judaism. Yeah. Because they all were Jews, right. right? And so this is the. He, they were writing to an audience, but they were from a different right, audience. Right. Luke is writing to his audience. Yeah. Like, he's writing to his people. And so, like, he's writing in that way. And so when it says he's an Antiochian Syrian, that means he was he was outside the club. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know what the conversation in Acts 15 about circumcision happened. Yeah. I'm wondering as he's writing that, if his ears perk up, like, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what happens. One of those guys. Or right. if he's one of the ones who actually got circumcised ahead of time, and he's like, oh, you know? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. But he is not in the club, right? Yeah, right. And so we know that about him. Yeah, and it says he's a doctor by profession. That's yeah. a well-esteemed job, right? He's a, And a disciple of the apostles. So that's yeah. pretty neat. So that means he submitted himself and learned from Peter and James and yeah. John and 
Paul and uh, later, however, he followed Paul into his martyrdom. So he yeah. dies. They kill an old man at 84. The reason we know that? Yeah. Serving the Lord blamelessly. How many of us would like for that to be yeah. said about us? I, I, wish, I, I hope I can say that. I yeah. hope one day I, I make enough better in my life that someone can say that because yeah. they forget my first four decades or whatever <laughs> it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he never had a wife, which yeah. I had said, really bummer. Like, I never had children. Really bummer. And died at the age of 84, full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's what we know about Luke. And it's pretty neat. Going, we don't know much, but. That's yeah. a lot to know yeah. in that. There's a lot in that couple, couple uh, and one sentence. I think so. it's beautiful, just even yeah. like even, and, and I'm kind of referencing back to last week, last weekend's message where we're talking about kind of the continuation of, of the Acts. Yeah. Of, yeah. And so I feel like there was some overlap of study of yeah. myself. Like it's possible that Luke could have studied in, apparently in Philippi, there was a pretty renowned um, school for doctors. Yeah. It could have been that he studied there. I don't remember. I wasn't really focused on Luke, but it's also pretty amazing that as the gospel spread, really people were not interested in about proclaiming themselves. It yeah. wasn't about their name going forth. It was about the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ going forth. And that's what you almost see in this this letter, or I assume that this was just a letter or some type of a book that uh, Luke is writing to Theophilus, and yeah. we'll, we'll get to him in a second. But like, it's just pretty amazing that Luke isn't concerned about himself. He's concerned about the gospel and sharing this proof with his his friend or his yeah. employer or a combination of the two. Um, so maybe we can talk. A, who is the, the, uh, uh, Theophilus? We don't know a lot about him, but because Luke addresses him in verse three as the most excellent yeah. Theophilus, so you see towards the end of Acts when. Um, when Luke refers to some Roman officials, yeah. so uh, that he would have referred to them. So there is a well, there's a assumption, presumption that uh, Theophilus is a government official. Okay. Right? So, um, which if that's the case, I mean, either way, it has some real major implications because you can't say Jesus is Lord because yeah. you say Caesar is Lord. Right? Yeah. Right. So that that's pretty significant. And so this guy, I mean, is is he whispering that? Is he going to churches? Right. Like, is he right. trying to figure that out? And you know, like. You know, a lot of us, all of us have these kind of searching in us, and we go, okay, I would if I could finally get this answer. A lot of bad things happen. Yeah. Okay, if God could really show me himself, whatever those is. We all have those things. And so we don't know if the office has completely already made this decision and just wants some confidence for when he's weak, or if he's still brand new to this and going, ah, oh, do I put my feet fully into this? Yeah, we right. know he is at least open to the idea of God, which is what I'd say when people show up here. At least you're open to the idea that God right. could be good, gracious, and loving, and be real. He's open to that. And so we don't know much. So all we really get, most excellent Theophilus. Now we can make some inferences that he's wealthy because yeah. you convince a doctor no longer to be a doctor yeah, right. and you pay him for what is years, if not yeah. a decade you, of, of time. Said, up yeah. to possibly I, mean, I don't know. Years. I mean, like, think knows? about how long, like just think about how, how hard it is to travel yeah. or how hard it is. Like, it's not like you go on the internet and Google these documents. Yeah, like, right. You had to get to these documents. Right. And then it talks about all these, this oral tradition. You had to go on, you would have to go and listen to that because yeah. you wouldn't go listen to the person who said it. You go, let me go to the source. Yeah, right? right. Like, and so you see all those things. Like I love it. where it talks about, I, I remember it's when Jesus is carrying the cross, he drops it and, and, uh, and they hand it to another person that Simon. said, Simon of Cyrene, yeah. who is such and such his son. Yeah. yeah. Like, how does yeah. Luke know all that? Right, right, right. Like how? Did, like that's some. That's some real. That is a it's legitimate. A that's a legitimate yeah. footnote. That is a citation. That's yeah. like us putting all the stuff in our bi bibliography so someone else can go and get right. it. So Luke's going, hey, the office, go and ask him. Yeah. Right. So, so you don't know. Like it's hard to go. Does Luke know if this is going to get to us? Yeah. Yeah. 
he addresses it at the office, and not and everybody else who reads it. So right. it sure seems like he's writing this just at the office. So he's given this kind of guy these kind of footnotes, right? Yeah, so it's right. it's so amazing and all that. And I want to say to Simon one tale. It could have been a different author who does it, but there's multiple times within and the yeah. different footnotes where that that kind of, or those kind of things happen where he gives real clarity. So if that's the case. The amount of traveling and time and energy that would have taken, yeah. while also inserting himself into the Gospel of Acts, which right. means he's not participating in those things. Well, how do you do both? Some of those you're talking right. to Peter, I guess, and writing it down. And so, yeah, years for yeah. sure. And so if, if he's funded for all this, which sure seems like that's how that worked out, then this guy had to have some some good margin in his right. life, which is right. so neat. And this is not a, a sermon on generosity. But just imagine this guy who had these kind of funds and the way that he invested them is in this. Yeah, that's like cool. he, I mean, what would you do to have the gospel go into people's ears 2,000 years later? Like, mm. what would that be worth to you? You mm. know, like, like that's how I talked to our staff today about it being a 294-year-old church. Yeah. Someone 300 years ago was dreaming about this church. Did they know that we're going to be here in the studio right. talking on the interwebs? No, they didn't. And yet they invested in it. Yeah. And God has just been faithful. So it's yeah. so interesting. The same thing. Like the office, he's like two guys talking on a podcast about Luke right. stuff. Right. I didn't see this. Right. Right. This is the, and you'll do even greater things than I did right. piece. And right. so I think there is something about just the investment. And so when you think about like even people who trust God with their money, you got tippers, right? The ones that just kind of throw some stuff out there going, yeah, good, Dad, don't cover this in sermons because I'm time to, but, you know, or then they got the tithers, 10%, here you go, God, and then you got the tillers, mm-hmm. right? The one who goes, there's the dirt, I'm going to do whatever's necessary to get that dirt ready for seed, right? And I just would say, Theophilus, he was a tiller, yeah. and the reason we know that is 2,000 years of trees have been growing up out of that and into our life, yeah. so really, really neat to see that. So we don't know a lot. Government official probably... Um, wealthy, probably, and um, had some reason to, to stake, be willing to invest a lot of money and energy to discover whether or not this was truth, right. which would imply that his livelihood, his life, his occupation kind of hinge on whether or not he can trust us because yeah. he needs some real convincing or evidence right. to walk away from and towards Jesus, yeah. whatever the things he's walking away from. So, so one of the things that was new to me within yeah. my study was just understanding the Roman um, what they allowed and what they didn't allow, like yeah. the proselytizing of, like you couldn't bring, um, you couldn't proselytize within the city or within the, the Roman colony. That was new to me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Judaism um, was accepted and a licit religion, but Christianity, uh, there was some kind of yeah. question, did it fall under Judaism or was it its own thing? And yeah. the civil leaders wouldn't have necessarily understood that. And that's, again, kind of going back to Acts 16. But I just think that's interesting. Yeah, so what's interesting there is Judaism is exclusive. Yeah. Romans don't mind it, right? Yeah. You keep order, you give me your money, you stay in your nice little place, yeah. you're just there, right? So I, no more uprisings, no more Judas Maccabees, none of that right. kind of stuff. You just stay in your place, you have your temple, you give us your money, we're good. Yeah. Like literally, it's like the Roman government's the mafia yeah. and the Judaism is like the pizza joint. Yeah. They get to be there and sell the pizza or the concrete place, but they got, as long as they funnel all the extra yeah. money and, you know, do the laundering or whatever yeah. it is. You know, Christianity is different because it is an inclusive religion. Yeah. It's for all people. So that means they're coming out of that and saying Jesus is Lord, which means everything about their life is changing. Yeah. So all of a sudden, these people are giving their allegiance to Jesus right. and not to nationalism, right, right? Right. And so all of a sudden, these guys are, no, 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 no. So you're saying you're a Jew. Okay, you can do that. But no, no, you're adding more people. When you add more people, you're obviously not a Jew because right. Jews don't add more people, right? Right. They like their small old club and their rules, right? right? They like their exclusivity. And so that's where it became really, really complicated is these yeah. Christians were growing and becoming more confident in their faith and less fearful. And these guys are going, 
they're going to overturn us. Yeah. They're going to overturn us. The, these people, we've never seen something grow at this pace and yeah. this way without, like, violence. So yeah. there's something going on here. This could be bad. So they're yeah. really, really paying a lot of attention to it to the point where you got Nero and others going, yeah, right. this is so bad, we're going we're gonna to murder you yeah. for it. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all true. Yeah. So anyway, Luke, Theophilus, two very important people as we kind of go yeah. into that, although you're not going to see them reference themselves much. Like, yeah, so we won't, other than a quick little review, hey, Theophilus, Luke, yeah, right. I mean, there might be some times where we talk about Luke's observations as a yeah. doctor, particularly, like I shared this past week, it's so crazy, this is the only place you get to cut off a ear. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody else thought it was important. Right. None of the guys who were there thought it was important, but Luke's like... Ah, uh, yeah, that's a footnote. He <laughs> imputed an ear after it got amputated. Amputated. Yeah. yeah. So... So, yeah, I think that's yeah. really good. One of, the, one of the questions that I feel like was just a, a question that maybe some of our, our viewers would, would question or as you brought up kind of the idea, even today on the podcast, you've already done this. So you brought up kind of a different translation. There's kind of thought for thought mm -hmm. there and then word for word. We're switching more to a, a word for word translation as we go through Luke. Yeah. How, do, how do I know as an individual, like as I'm reading the Bible, should I be using a thought for thought? Should I be using a word for word? Yes. It, Does yeah. it matter all that? much like how much weight do we as believers put into that like so when I talk about like Christianity you got what I call it's so weird it's such a terrible illustration now because just how complicated like borders are in our nation so you got state borders and national borders uh, and so there's some things you go you can't cross I mean yeah. that's like this is a hefty boundary for our nation no there's ways you can cross but hefty nation I would say uh uh, Jesus is God's son. Jesus is perfect. Yeah. Jesus is Savior and Lord. Probably Mary is a virgin. Really, like some of those, I would put in that category. Yeah. That we should uh, do baptism. Right. Like, you know, way of baptism. Don't care. It doesn't get you saved. But something that God commanded. Same thing with communion. Those are important. You know, the uh, like the the modality of that. And yeah, that's I would say that's uh, state borders, not national borders, okay. right? And so we got some of those things: state, national borders. And, you know, like uh, the manifestations of the spirit, speaking in tongues, interpretation in a service versus not in a service. Eh, state borders, we kind of land on different spots there. Um, and even like credo versus pedo baptism. Babies right. are, eh, state borders, right, for us. And I'm invited, but for us, that's it. Uh, I would put uh, Bible translations in that. Like some people okay. hold this. This is the national border. Yeah. KJV. Yeah. Morning. Like I came from the South where it was like literally with signs to say something like that where KJV is our Bible and soul winning is our business, right? But I think it's a business because I was in the South. Okay. KJV is our Bible and soul winning is our business, right? And so some of those things and you talk to people in kind of that category and yeah. they're like, well, you don't want a copy of a copy of a copy. And it's like, right. well, yeah, that makes sense if you're copying the King James Version, like this belief. And I learned, thought this growing up is that people went to the King James Version and tried to like, you know, transliterations where they just retranslate the uh, King James without the these and the thous, right? Yeah. But that's not what happens here. We actually have the ancient manuscripts, right. and we actually have brilliant people, much more brilliant than I did, that, um, that can, uh, like, really, really understand these words and put them together, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit, the same yeah. Holy Spirit that helped us canonize, figure out that these are the 66 books that were from God, right? Yeah. So, to me, it's like, uh they're all really neat, right? So you got on the very translation side, like really maybe really thought for thought would be the new living translation. Yeah. That's my favorite one to read. Like okay. that's like, there's actually, and I'll see if I find it. And so I'll figure out a way to link us to it. There's actually a way that you can type in your preferences and it'll tell you which one is the best one for you to do your yeah. daily reading okay. on. I'll, I'll look at for that. I've done it before. And there's some online apps for that. You probably could Google it. But, um, but like 
New Living Translation is really more, not quite paragraph for paragraph, but yeah. m- much more of that, where they're trying to take the whole like idea, a couple pair right. sentences, and go, "What's the sentence trying to say?" You got kind of the NIV, which is probably like, "Okay, what's this sentence, sentence trying to say?" And it's not just one person; these are scholars of people going right. through. It's a little different than King James version. A lot more, you know, um, peer review happening yeah. here. And then you have like the English Standard Version, which is similar to the KJV. When the KJV was translated, it was word for word. Yeah. So even as the reason I like it is I learned to I memorize scripture in the KJV because okay. I grew up in the South and yeah. fundamental churches. Right. And so the ESV is probably similar to those words because it gets a good bit of it right. And the KJV does not all of it for sure. There's really some messy parts there. But when you read it, you got the ESV that that kind of goes that way, and it's like. There are people that go, it's the ESV only, uh, the yeah. New Revised Standard is kind of the same thing. New Revised Standard is kind of like the, the precursor to the ESV, and a lot of the ESV was translated off the New Revised Standard. and So you've got some complications on that, but I think the English of the uh, ESV is easier to understand, like yeah. the language that you know fits what we understand as the language, because language does change. Yeah, you know, right. Words definitely change, right? right. Um, NIV is kind of between the NLT and the ESV, so word for word. Uh, Sentence for sentence, thought for thought, kind of yeah. thing. Um, so, and then you got things like the message, right? And so yeah. the message is a person's translation. Right. Eugene Peterson never said this is God's word, right? Right. right, right. But he would took it and said, okay, as a guy who's preached this word for so long, how do I and taught it? This is what. I mean, by the way, that's what I do when I read the scriptures. I try to explain to you what they're right. saying, right? So he's like, I've done that for so long. I've used analogy so long, and so then he just yeah. put it together in the scriptures, and it kind of took off because. And it wasn't even for like so his grandkids would understand. I don't. That? Maybe I don't. I don't, I don't you know. know maybe, that, I, don't, maybe, I think I heard that, but I don't know if it's so, enough to say to yeah. say that as fact. So, but regardless, people really started gravitating to it because yeah. one of the big hangups with scriptures going, I don't understand them. Yeah. I don't understand them. And so that was the first time people were reading it going, that seems to speak to me. Right, right. And so I would not put that in Bible category. I mean, I think read it if you want to. Yeah. Um, but I think it's worthwhile and I think God is honored in it and it does give yeah. us kind of like a, a good consensus of what the scriptures are saying. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't written, it wasn't peer reviewed by much of scholars trying to figure out right, parts right. of the Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew and go, this is what it's trying to say, right? right? right. And so a long, long answer to go, read them all, right? Yeah. Whatever one, like find one that really that you're works well. With. Like if you're just going, I don't really understand it well, but I want to understand the scriptures. New Living Translation, yeah. probably be a really one, good one to do. If you're really going, I really want to like dive into each one of these words. ESV yeah. is there, and I think people are going, oh, I'm not ready for that, that. Kind of the middle ground's NIV. So God's honored by them all. I don't yeah. think they're, they're border states, right? It's just not that, that big of a deal. I, I typically like to teach from the ESV because the way that I teach is I want yeah. to read the scriptures and talk about them. Right, right. And so there just seems to be more ability to talk about each one of those words. So, so do you find, like, this is just a question because yeah. I think I do this. Um, I don't think, I know I do this, but do you bounce, like, as you study, do you read multiple translations or do you stick to one? Well, it depends. So, what, yes, and this is going to sound arrogant, uh, but I don't go between translations. I go between whatever translation I'm teaching from and, and the Greek. Okay. Right. Okay. So, for example, because our pew Bibles are NIV and our screens were on, we do NIV, I'd stick to that one. Yeah. And then I'd stick to a lexicon. Okay. So, really neat little trick for you. I don't I don't know the Greek. Uh, you know, <laughs> didn't even take a Greek class in seminary. Took more practical stuff, a lot more practical stuff. But, um, but I, I do like it. I can learn it. Can't pronounce it. Uh, yeah. uh, but if you just Google whatever the word is, like let's say yeah. it's like Luke one two, just type in Luke one two, lexicon. Yeah. Just in the Google thing, the first thing will pop up is something Bible Hub. You'll click on it, and typically it's, I want to say it's usually KJV, maybe ESV, where it goes through all the different words, yeah. and then it gives you the Greek next to it. So, okay, yeah. so that, so I'll look at that, 
and the scriptures and go, gosh, what is, I wonder why he used that word. I right. got to know why he used right. that word. So I'll go back and I'll look at why he used that word. And a lot of times it's like, oh, not quite the right translation to get it. Then I'll have to go back if I'm reading an IV and go, okay, let me look at the King James Version of ESV where those words match up more perfectly. Right. And that, right. so that's, okay. that's typically what I do when yeah. I read through the scriptures. I feel like I, I might start with a, okay, let me get the idea of the NLT. I'll read with that. Yeah. And then... And then as I kind of study more, then it's like, okay, I want to know word for word. What exact word did he yeah. use? So I find myself using the ESV. So mm -hmm. anyway, thanks for kind of wading into that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that's something that maybe some of our listeners think through or work yeah. through. but it, Something it I can't like, cover on a Sunday, yeah, but I'm really glad right. to cover it. Yes, Just like, something that you find what yeah. you're comfortable with. Yeah. So if you like more thought for thought, then maybe NLT. If you'd like more word for word, then maybe yeah. ESV. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, okay, let's kind of jump into the text. We, we don't have a ton of time left, but... Um, <laughs> we have plenty of time. Um, the text, uh, like, I feel like maybe maybe this will go quick, but so if you yeah. want to pull anything specifically out of that. So what what makes Luke's gospel so... Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't know what word I'm looking for. I was going to say full, in, almost in yeah. comparison to the other gospels, is that, like, what you see in the beginning is that Paul uses the written accounts... Luke. Or Luke, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, he uses the written accounts, he uses the eyewitness accounts, and then he uses the oral traditions. Yeah. Like that's verses one and two. It's like he's compiled this entire narrative. He's like thoroughly researched it and talked to people, and talked to people who've talked to people, and like done as much work as he can um, to be able to put together this this gospel. And that's when you talked about you know here's certain parables like. Uh, the the parable of the um, uh, it's the uh, the prodigal son yeah um, like that is only in the book of Luke uh, the Samaritan that is isn't only that crazy in the book like the ones yeah. we go wow I'm glad he captured those yeah so like it's just pretty incredible like so he's compiled all of that and he it's just it's almost like here's his essay here's his letter to the Theophilus yeah. going hey here's the account of everything that I've read yeah. so. Um, I don't know. I guess I just find that amazing. Like, so even though it's only the first like two verses that we read that it's like he does all of this, it's so brief. And then he gets into the gospel. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's really easy to gloss over that. Yeah. When you read the first word and as much as everyone has, many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us. You're going, it's a snooze. What does that say? Yeah. And yeah. as much that, is that one word and as much as a word, I didn't yeah. know that was a word. That sounds like three words. There's yeah. no spaces. Right. And so it's like, you can just miss that. And that's what I don't want us to do here. I don't want us to miss it. Like, let's not, yeah. let's not hurry ourselves through something. We got yeah. some time right now, guys. Yeah. Like, we can you can sit online and you can pause it. And you can go back. Well, we get some time to really digest this. Yeah. So let's digest it. And so it's like, ah, that's what I need. It's almost like it's a dissertation proposal. Right. Let me tell you what's happened already. Let me tell you why mine's going to be different and why the research I'm going to do is actually going to add to the research that's already been done. Right. And here's the outcome that's going to happen. You're going to be more certain. Right. So, like for our academics, for our skeptics, let me go and. This is so good. And for those who go, I don't understand that. This is so good because it doesn't matter if you're brilliant and studied everything, researched everything, or if you're brand new to the faith. Luke is going, I'm going to I'm gonna hold your hand. Yeah. And we're going to walk through this, and I'm going to do it in a thorough manner because most people think that this Christian faith is some kind of emotional yeah. reaction to our fear or inadequacy or our need for security or our need to have an eternity or our need to see grandma again. Yeah. And what Louis going to go is, no, no, no. This, there's emotion that comes with the spirit and the excitement and the joy and the passion that comes with that. Yeah. But it is rooted so deeply in human history. And let me grab all the pieces of human history. Yeah. And so what you can kind of see him like as one of those crazy um, 
like conspiracy theorist or yeah. like a crazy guy trying to solve yeah, a serial yeah. murder. You know, like they're pinning stuff up. And so Luke is like <laughs> grabbing it. Like, okay, here's here, okay, here's all the here's all the narratives. Okay, there's Matthew and there's yeah. Mark. Okay, what, okay, God, what what you know, like and it's like it's like we get those and God's like, well, let me give you the rest of the stuff that they didn't mm-hmm. cover yet. You know, that's where you get things. So he's putting all together and so like he is he's putting these buckets of information and it is. I mean, when you think about it, it's astonishing the work that he yeah. did 2,000 years ago to right. compile this. Like, I don't right. want to, like, this is why it's Luke and not John. I love John. Very pithy, right? But this is why it's Luke for us. It's like, you got to see that this was, this was not happenstance. Like, this yeah. was thorough. This was a scientist who goes, science and God can coexist because God created science. Yeah. So let me go find all this evidence and present it to you in a logical way. So, yeah, so he lays it out. Here's first, like, as much has been written by this, I've gone and grabbed all those narratives, right? Yeah. And then he says, uh, the eyewitnesses. So, I've literally talked to the people. Like, we, I'm literally going to kind of bring them on trial onto yeah. this and allow them to share their words with the experience. And then the, the oral traditions, which um, probably matters least to us because we have so much written stuff. But right. for them, it's probably the most significant because these guys can't read or write. Right. So they knew godly people they fully trusted. And when they knew them and fully trusted them, their word was true, right? Yeah. It was it was good as gold. And so... That one probably is the one we go, eh, eyewitness is really, really important. We understand yeah. how trial works. Yeah, all the written stuff. If it's not written, it's not true. Yeah, those things. But that one would have been really significant to the five, you know, the 85, 90, 95% of the guys and the nearly 100% of the women and children who couldn't read. Yeah. So this was going, okay, well, how do I know this is true? You just, I don't know what's in those words, right? Yeah. Like, how do I not know you're not making them up? Because people do right, that. Right. And so they go, no, no, I, I talk to your people. They shared with me as well. That was pretty significant. I couldn't talk right. about that really that much here because it just don't have time. But it's like, for the context of the people it was written to, that would have been really significant. Yeah, that's good. And so, I, I love what you had said, yeah. um, that it was a foundation to build your life upon. Yeah. Really, that's what Luke is saying, so that yeah. you may be certain yeah. of what you've been taught. And he, again, he's talking to Theophilus. Yeah. But for us, it's going, hey, this is the foundation that we can build our life upon. Yeah, so all we, all, we led into that sermon in, in, online and in person with that song build our life and it's yeah. like okay this is this is the words that God gave us for us to be certain of this, yeah. this building and what you're going to see is Luke's going to present to you the scaffolding that goes yep, yeah climb right up that because that's where Jesus is right. not hey I'm up there don't be impressed with me he's not trying to wow us with these things he's trying to tell Theophilus here's the scaffolding so you can know that Jesus sits in a solid yeah. spot and you can have access to it so yeah uh, so, and this was just the intro. So this is kind of the first yeah. four verses. Um, so I do want to invite all of you that as we go through this, to ask that question that we already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder what, why did Luke include this? Like, yeah. if he's done all of this work, he's done all of this this uh, groundwork, like preparing, and why this story? Why did this have an impact or significance? What was he sharing mm-hmm. in that? I think that that's a great question to ask throughout these next two, three years. Yeah, so uh, Gordon and Faye wrote a book called How to Read Your Bible for All It's Worth. Really, really worthwhile book. Read it in seminary. Um, really good book. But uh, you don't have to read it. I'll just tell you what it is. And they talk so much about context. And he says yeah. that when you read it, there's one question that always has to be at the forefront. Always. When you read it, think about context. Think about what's going on. But there is a question after every verse. What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? Like, so why is Luke telling us that many have already written this narrative? Oh, because yeah. he wants us to know that he's read them and investigated them. Yeah. Why is he telling us that 
uh, there's eyewitnesses. Oh, because he wants to know he talked to them. Yeah. All he tells about the oral traditions. Oh, he wants the people to know that he went and talked to their pastors. Yeah. Right? right. And so, and then why is it, okay? And then you go, why is he writing this? Well, because he wanted us to have an, or wanted Theophilus to have an orderly account. He's going to, yeah. he's going to put it in rows for you. Some of you like your rows. <laughs> Luke is going to do that for you. This is the only chronological one. Let's just yeah. kind of chart right through it. Orderly, there is a method to the madness and really neat, I think. And so what I hope happens is I hope this contagiousness that I have about the excitement of this just continues to rub off on you because yeah. even if you don't believe it, at least read this and then go, see, that's why I don't believe it. Like right. you, My guess is you don't believe it because you haven't investigated mm. it. But So just at least investigate it. And if you don't have to go like do it yourself because there's all sorts of like weird banter on Reddit or whatever else. Just go and read the words that have been you know, concreted for us for 2,000 years from a guy who did all the work and walked to those people. Everybody else is just sharing with you their opinions and their feelings. Right. This guy actually walked with the people who died because of this, yeah. including himself. So yeah. don't, don't have to believe me. Let's just kind of walk through it. And that's where I'd say invite your friends every single week. If Luke's goal is to make it that you can be certain of the things that are taught, you can best believe, I've been in the South, so as you say, you can definitely believe that every single one of his words are pointing to that. So every single yeah. week, invite your friends, because yeah. his goal is to give them some certainty too. So yeah. really, really neat, really That's excited good. about that. That's good. Last thing I will say, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I don't have any more yeah. questions. Like, I didn't know if there's anything that you wanted to bring yeah, up. Yeah, you know, something that came up uh, in all the right, like all the scholars and all the different research, and I didn't do it. I mean, there's some really great research already out there that I was just reading, but it just seemed to keep coming up each time. And it seems so weird because I want to say Luke wrote this to Theophilus. But, I mean, I'm telling you, half a dozen different, uh, like, smart people and like, commentaries <laughs> have pointed to Theophilus' name as being really significant hmm. because his name literally means lover of God. Yeah. And so this is a guy who's not all the way there, but there is something in him that is really like longing to love God. And yeah. so uh, what they'd say, you know, and because of what it says in the, you know, the anti-Martianite fragment about Luke being full of the Holy Spirit, a lot of scholars say this is the, if you want to know the Holy Spirit's work pre-Pentecost, the Gospel of Luke is where you see it the best. Mm. Dove flying down. This is my son. Who's like this is this is the spirit's work. So this is really the gospel of the Holy Spirit. So that kind of helps us where we've come from. Um, but so they'd highlight the Holy Spirit piece in Luke, and then they would highlight this Theophilus na name. So when he says most excellent Theophilus, while it's written specifically to Theophilus, yeah. there's this real belief that God obviously knew it was coming to all of us. So what he's writing at is those people who are like lovers of God. Yeah. And I would just say, if that even is you as a lover of the things of God, which it is, creation, you know, the mountains, water, some of you love the beach, coast, like, there is an author that created those things. Yeah. So if that's the thing you love, love, marriage, kids, like, there is an author who created all those things. So you are just not too far off on this to go, you're lovers of the things of God. You love the same thing God loves. Yeah. So now if we could just turn our attention to the one who created it all, right? And so this is an open gospel for those who are open and willing to love God. Yeah. And so you don't have to believe it all yet, but if you have any interest in knowing the God of all creation, if he's out there, which I think most of us, if we think long enough, we go, yeah, there's something out there. Yeah. If you have any interest in turning your eyes towards him, according to the scholars, uh, this idea of the most excellent Theophilus is pointing us to that, mm, this belief that, ah, this is the gospel you can read if you're open to loving God. Yeah. And hopefully as we work through it, your love for God, and particularly the one who makes God available to you, his son Jesus, uh, will, will increase yeah. each week. So really, really yeah. excited. It's a beautiful dual yeah. prophecy. Yeah, it's like, like a it's, double entendre, yeah, clever. It's yeah, just yeah. beautiful that it was yeah. like, okay, yeah. so this is the person, but it's also yeah. the people. Yeah, I mean, his name could have been like lover of grass. Yeah. Or, you know? <laughs> 
Heavy Foot. You know, like whatever yeah. it is. Like, okay, we got a better name. That for was my it. nickname for Heavy Foot. No, oh, I'm sorry. No, not really. But I just thought it'd be fun. Well, uh, is there anything else? To you lie want to, to add? a bunch of people. You're gonna be fun to lie to a bunch of people. I just told them the truth though too. Did you so have you any? can lie as long as you eventually tell the truth. Gotcha. That's Got not what I was saying. Tell anyway, with that. that, we're gonna wrap tell up and say that. thanks everybody for joining us. Um, did you have anything else that you were looking to add? No, I think that's it. Okay, that's it. Except come back this week. We're gonna yeah. see the. And we've shared this. I've talked a little bit about the story. There's a lot more that we'll dive into in the Old Testament. Story of Zechariah being mute. And, yeah. Um, story of the precursor of John the Baptist. Really, really cool to see just God's providence and all of yeah. it. So definitely worth your time. It's going to be a great yep. series. Yep. yep. So, really on. hope that you're excited for it. Hope that you'll join us this week and every week that you can. You can always check, check us out on the website, clcfamily.church. If you miss a week, if you know we understand, sometimes you've got to work, sometimes you're away. You can find this all online. Um, you can find our podcast, everything. We'll have it posted there for you. So thanks for joining us today. We hope that you got a lot out of it, and we hope that this helps encourage and challenge you in your growth uh, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So until next time, we'll okay, see, see you. See ya.